Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Editor's Note. I'm Yair Pinto, and together with me, as always, is TV7 Israel Editor-in-Chief Jonathan Hessen. How are you doing? Praise the Lord. It's a blessing to be here. It is indeed a blessing, and i like also to welcome all of you for another year for 2023. This is the first episode of Editor's Note for, for the new year, so Happy New Year. Thank you for being with us. And I think it's a good um, op- opportunity to share with all of you that uh, TV7 Israel is a donation-based ministry, and we can operate only with your help, with your donation. So if God is calling you to support our work, uh, please consider making a financial contribution at tv7israelnews.com at our website. And um, of course, the more uh, money we get, the more productions we can uh, produce here in Jerusalem. So it's important also to say this. And we had a very interesting year in 2022. We have a lot to discuss. Maybe we can give our viewers, first of all, an update on the programs. What programs are staying with us in 2023? What are we working on? What changes are we making? Please, Jonathan. Well, uh, one of the things that we're going to focus on also in 2023, obviously, is the improvement of the quality of the productions. We're going to restructure a few things within the organization to allow us to be more efficient, which is uh, very important. Um, Two programs are uh, going to be predominantly affected. One is my brother's keeper. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we are in cooperation now with uh, a, a research institute in Budapest. Yes. From all places. Um, where uh, the Danube Institute is going to help us with the production here mm-hmm. uh, on uh, my brother's keeper. They're going to fly into Jerusalem um, and they're going to travel throughout the entire Middle East and beyond to be able to collect um, practical data. Oh, this is a ground. really different program than what we had, because they're doing a research boots on the ground with a team right. in all of these countries that uh, are being persecuted, you know. To be honest, this was the initial intention of this production. <laughs> um, uh, we uh, uh, were blessed to have uh, Michael Karam here on the program uh, for a year uh, or a season. Um, However, we really sought after uh, a collaboration that would allow us to understand fully what is happening in the various countries, what is the state of play um, versus Christians living in that country. And beyond that, also, how are uh, Christians uh, handling Mm -hmm. uh, that reality? Uh, Are they persecuted? And if so, in what form? Uh, Of course, it's going to be a very intriguing production since we're going to uh, seek to identify um, truly what is happening behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and uh, to bring it to the screen. So we're we're looking how uh, everything is going to be formatted and and built together. Yes. And this is truly a blessing because uh, I, I truly believe no, it's not for no reason that every evening after the news, we call on everybody to pray for our persecuted brothers mm-hmm. and sisters worldwide. Um, persecution is very real. And it's not only 
in the Middle East. It's not only in the East or in Africa or um, in South America. No, it's it's all over the world. It's in yes. North America. It is in uh, Europe, and it's very real. It's very real, and we need to uh, understand that those uh, implications uh, of of persecution in the Middle East and the lack of reaction by uh, supposed Western uh, or Christian countries, mm-hmm. Western civilization, uh, which is not very Christian these days, unfortunately, um, it's becoming worse and worse. And, and we need mm-hmm. to stand up uh, for our brothers and sisters all over the world and be a voice for them so long as it is possible. You know, yeah, so definitely. this is one angle that we're going to focus on. I'm very excited about this. I think that uh, God has guided us into this partnership and and I pray uh, and I I also encourage everybody watching us to join us in prayer um, that this production will truly serve its its purpose and that it would be a a service that would also uh, yield fruit Mm -hmm. for the sake of our brothers and sisters uh, who are uh, under persecution regularly. Yeah, definitely. Another program that we wanted to discuss, right, was the Times Observer. Times Observer. Amir Tzalfati and I have had one season, of course, of mm-hmm. uh, this production. It was really a blessing uh, to do it together. However, Amir uh, came over, of course, and he told us that he wants to pull away from everything that has to do with news. Mm-hmm. So they have a new um, curriculum and uh, they're going to follow that uh, intently. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, obviously, once he withdraws from the the news angle and, and observing the times, uh, and doing so in, in more of a, a biblical format from his perspective, um, that of course alters uh, the the path on which we're both mm-hmm. currently on. And uh, we bless them. We we yeah. are uh, blessed uh, to have had the productions with them. And uh, who knows what. Uh, the Lord has in store for us in the future, uh, collaborations, cooperations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are obviously also uh, keen on, on cooperating with uh, our uh, brethren and sisters here in the land mm-hmm. uh, to see on uh, how to develop various productions that are in store. Of course, we need more funds for that, as you noted initially. Yes. Uh, we are a donation-based ministry, and therefore, uh, any production, any uh, thing that we do uh, needs to be sustained, mm-hmm. and currently we're we're breaking even. So uh, with God's uh, uh, blessing and grace, we're able to continue to operate. Yeah. Um, there are a few additional, excuse me. There are a few additional um, uh, projects that we're working on, uh, including a new website mm-hmm. uh, that uh, it's going to be a platform for everybody to enter and, and to be blessed by it. Uh, we're in the preliminary stages out thereof, but it is a developing progress, and, and uh, we are very uh, keen on seeing how it uh, yes. turns out. Yeah, we're also working on, of course, reaching more people around the world with our content, and this is something I think our viewers can help us with by sharing, by telling their friends and their families and their churches that they can you know, reach us for information about Israel, the land, if they want to know how to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, and beyond you know, um, Europe and we're also very focused on Europe we're going to be focused on mm-hmm. South America on, on 
um, also the United States uh, in cooperation with a mega um, Spanish-speaking um, media conglomerate. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're very keen on cooperating with us and seeing how we can um, share the truth uh, uh, about Israel, about Jerusalem, about you know Europe, but also at large. Um, and uh, it, I'm very keen on seeing this develop and seeing how the Lord maneuvers us and, and uh, opens uh, doors. Know, it's uh, always exciting. Also opens doors. You know, when he closes a door, he opens a window. <laughs> so, uh, it is quite uh, amazing to see that. But God is good. Uh, there are many things in store for 2023. We'll continue to be very vigilant and, and dedicated mm -hmm. to make sure that everything that God calls us to do will, you know, yeah, definitely. I think this is a good time, okay, after all these updates, to really dedicate 2023 to the Lord. So I would like to ask you, our extended family, to join me in prayer that God will really bless TV7 Israel and all of us here in Jerusalem. Our Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for the past year and years. Thank you for giving us your vision for TV7 Israel, and we pray for 2023 that you will give us a clear vision and how to move forward, that you will uh, open doors, that you will create new partnerships, that you will introduce new people to this vision, and that you really will help us move here as a, as a family. We pray for the whole team here in Jerusalem, and that everybody who is affected by our productions will be blessed. We pray that you will really touch the hearts of all of TV7 Israel family and TV7 at large, that you will help us reach new horizons this year. We pray for health, for prosperity, and for you to really lead us here day to day. Shem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Yes, Lord. Amen. Um, well, Jonathan, uh, this is an editor's note, of course. We had our few days of uh, first week of Israel News. And uh, could you please focus on a few topics that really, you know, concern Israel? We know that the economic situation all over the world is a problem. How does it affect Israel? Economically speaking, um, Israel is... I wouldn't say in trouble, but it is uh, trying to find a solution to an emerging problem. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, the war in Ukraine, um, the uh, strategic competition on the, the you know superpower uh, level between mm -hmm. the United States and China, um, the um, reality in which we see more and more nations choose sides, basically, within that context. Um, we see an increase in, in inflation worldwide. Um, still the ramifications of uh, the uh, COVID uh, period yes. uh, in which uh, many governments went for a Keynesian approach. Uh, so they, they sought to throw a lot of money into the market in order to try and stimulate yeah. growth. Um, but without functioning stores, at least here in Israel, many days uh, we didn't have any commerce uh, 
and uh, it impacts. It impacts yes. uh, not only society, but the economy that allows society to flourish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we're talking about Israel being an innovation nation, this title is is currently under threat. Mm-hmm. Um, just a foreign exchange or the, the foreign investments uh, into the high-tech industry in Israel in the past year dropped 55%, Wow, which is quite significant. It means that many of the smaller um, startups, startups, even if they are functioning, you know, they're not going to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to see a lot of companies shut down. Um, there are attempts by the government, uh, I think Netanyahu last week uh, in a press conference, uh, together with Finance Minister Bitsalus Smotrich, uh, defined it as throwing sticks in the wheels of the inflation. This is what they're trying to do. Yes. Uh, so it's like a, a man or a woman coming home and telling their partner, uh, look, I just had a great discount on this and that and that, and I, I bought all those things with discount. Um, doesn't matter how much it costs eventually. Uh, and the fact of the matter is obviously those organizations always make their money. But uh, the fact of the matter is they say, okay, an average of 70% discount on the rise uh, in the price of electricity, uh, 70% discount yeah. on the rise of the price of, you know, uh, of water and, and all kind of basic utilities. Um, the the rising prices uh, are in basically every sector that we look at. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, if, if you live in, in a country like uh, Spain or, or even the United States, New York is cheap compared to Israel. Wow. People don't realize yeah. that. You know, the most expensive country in the uh, or the most expensive city in the world is Tel Aviv. The prices in Tel Aviv and the prices in Jerusalem are pretty much the same. Yes. Okay? It's not far from there. Um, when you look at the prices, uh, the second city was always, you know, uh, Paris and then Hong mm-hmm. Kong. But you look at the, the prices comparatively with Paris, it, Paris is relatively cheap compared to Israel. So y- you really look at the whole picture and you realize, okay, th- this is really challenging. Um, How is the government, the new government, you know, planning to deal with this, what, to give money to these uh, high-tech companies? Well, they're, they're going to lower prices to small businesses and medium businesses uh, when it comes to city tax and uh, all kind of things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it truly going to have a reversible impact? I don't know. Time will tell. Yeah. Uh, but um, with God's grace, you know, we, we need to pray that uh, the Lord sustains... Uh, the Israeli economy, because without a strong economy, there is no strong security. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and the security budget is still going up, right? The security budget continues to grow. Um, don't get me wrong. The situation, the, the Israel has substantive reserves. Financially. Uh, financially speaking. Also, it's very strong versus the dollar uh, comparatively, because in order to sustain a... Um, higher or to to weaken the shekel mm-hmm. for many years, the, the Israeli currency, the shekel. Uh, during the time of uh, the, the governor of the Bank of Israel, Stanley Fisher at the time, uh, who happens to be an American uh, from all uh, places, 
Um, he actually uh, instructed the bank to procure uh, $50 million a day mm-hmm. for an extensive period of time. So suddenly you have billions and billions of dollars in uh, the Israeli mm-hmm. um, reserve, which, you know, we, we it strengthens Israel. The problem was that it didn't really weaken the shekel. It just sustained it. Yes. Um, there are pros and cons to this, obviously, on a geostrategic level, on a political economics level. Yeah, um, the difference between export and import prices that affects all these things. Well, that's the, the immediate mm-hmm. impact. I'm talking about long-term impacts that uh, this is going to have. These um, current... Uh, situations or challenges are are real challenges that the government needs to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I heard a, a joke, uh, you know, uh, by a friend of mine who said that Netanyahu decided to leave office after COVID uh, in order to blame the the incoming government for the the failing economy um, because he's been there for you know over mm-hmm. a decade. Uh, to a certain degree, you know, within this joke, there is some truth. You know, um, when we really look at the picture, the the current, whatever government is going to, to exist right now, they're going to be blamed for a reality, a shifting reality on a global scale that is going to have real implications on civic societies everywhere around the world. Mm-hmm. Now, on a security level, um, if we get out of uh, the economic level. Actually, you know what? No. Um, uh, one more point that I, I think is important to make. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about Israel, we're not talking about a, a cohesive society. We're talking about various societies, and each society has its own bubble, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean the Orthodox community and the Arab the sector? The ultra-Orthodox community and the Arab sector are far lagging behind Financially. Financially. Um, and education-wise, in, in many levels, um, then the the secular main secular religious mainstream, basically, mm-hmm. because there are many religious people amongst them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but the ultra-Orthodox sector, most men seek to go and, and study rabbinical law. They don't even study the Bible. They, they focus on the Gemara the, mm-hmm. and so on. So they don't really contribute to the economy. Because they don't even study the basic math, English, they do all not. the school they systems do not. stuff. Um, and the rabbis are very adamant on not allowing them to do so. Mm-hmm. You know, for many governments, that was the case. The ultra-Orthodox society does not serve in the military, in the, the largest chunk of the, uh, the society. Within the society, obviously, there are multiple streams. Uh, Arab society also, uh, it does not uh, see men enter the economic, um, the, the Israeli economy wholeheartedly. We see a lot more women, yes. you know, get, gaining education and entering this. So uh, that is also uh, a failure, a failure of the Israeli government because you want to integrate them Definitely. in a country that ultimately is a need of, of manpower to be able to sustain a growth. So when we're talking about uh, the, the economy that is really sustainable, uh, that, that sustains, uh, we're only talking about it like, you know, roughly 
two to three million people, you know, out of nine million. That is significant, you know. So there's a lot on, on the shoulders of those who are going to high tech, uh, who are going to um, other um, low tech jobs, various, you know, um, jobs that ultimately impact uh, the the stability of Israel, the, the economic stability, the prosperity, and ultimately also the security, because these are the same people. Yeah. The IDF is a military of the people. Mm-hmm. You know, we have still a draft. Every person by the age of 18 dra- uh, is drafted into the military, either three years or two years, or there's even mm-hmm. less than two years now for women uh, as it went down. Yes. Uh, but... You know, we, we live in a society where because of that, because of that divisiveness, if you will, within society, um, there are roughly 2 million Israelis recorded as poor, you know, under the, uh, the poverty the line. Poverty yes. line. Um, from developing uh, developed country, the OECD, um, Israel is the second with the largest poor uh, um, community under the poverty line. Really? Yes, and um, just second to Costa Rica. It's that bad, you know. Um, So when we really look at this, it's not because when you go to Tel Aviv, you'll find poor people. You'll find people who make a decision to go to the street. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, there is a, uh, a certain system here that can allow them to, every Israeli can find a place to live. Every Israeli will have something to eat. But uh, when we look at the big picture, the ultra-Orthodox community and the Arab community are two communities that are very poor and are unwilling, um, adamantly so, to truly integrate into the Israeli economy. So this is um, a problematic figure. It doesn't really give the whole picture. Yeah. Um, it's a big challenge also for the government yes. throughout, you know, Israel's history to integrate Absolutely. these communities. Absolutely. And we didn't even touch base on the the Bedouin community. Well, that's, it's uh, part of the Arab yeah, community. But uh, that's also a very big uh, issue. But uh, we have roughly five minutes. Mm. Can you maybe shift into the security situation of Israel? Because, you know, it's not easy also there. We hear always about the idea of arresting, preventing terror attacks. So where are we standing? Nothing has changed between the previous government to the current government. Okay. Even though we we just, you know, had a new uh, IDF chief of staff coming in. Elzia Levy, brilliant person, um, very capable. uh, And uh, I personally, and I'm sure all of us, uh, wish him... All the best mm-hmm. in this very important job for the next four years of his life. Uh, he comes from a uh, very dedicated family to the security of Israel. Um, and uh, just one interesting point, he's the first religious um, Israeli to be a, a chief, chief of, of general staff. Wow. So it, it indicates something, mm-hmm. you know. Um doesn't mean that we'll see only them now in, in that positions now. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's going to vary, but uh, nevertheless, he is a worthy um, yeah. candidate for that position that ultimately won that position. Yeah. Um, also, Amir Baram, his uh, deputy, is brilliant. Very capable. Uh, very capable. Uh, 
we've met several times, and, and I really appreciate uh, his uh, uh, curriculum vitae for you know his uh, military career. Do you think that they will make any significant policy changes in the in the IDF, in the structure, in the direction? I don't think. I, I think that uh, Aviv Kochavi will live leave a true imprint mm-hmm. on uh, the the legacy that he left behind. Uh, I think he was really. Uh, I've followed chiefs of staff for years and years, and um, studied those also before from the beginning. Yeah. Um, he was something else. Um, also, in the sense of knowing how to take uh, what he has and, and make it better. Mm-hmm. Also in planning, also in the philosophical um, aspect of, uh, or doctrines that are implemented into the military. And um, he modernized the military in such a way that um, chiefs of staff in the next, you know, 15 years will reap the benefits and credits that Aviv Kochavi left behind. Uh, that is something that um, I personally, that, that's my personal uh, opinion. I do think also the timing of uh, when he uh, took office was uh, quite significant and allowed him to maneuver mm-hmm. within that context. But at the same time, when you really look at the security of the state of Israel, we still have the same problems. We have Iran that is unwavering from its intentions to dominate the Middle East. Um, Israel is in its way and is regarded as the number one enemy in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, we see a, a rapprochement between Turkey and, and Russia, a deepening of coordination, I wouldn't say call it cooperation yet, mm-hmm. but they, they seek to cooperate on multiple levels. Hulusia uh, Kal, just before the end of the year, the defense minister of Turkey, traveled to Moscow for that, mm-hmm. for uh, various conversations on seeing how to collaborate closer. And, you know, the, the whole Middle East is going to change substantively. I, I think that if one thing could improve Um, and that is if there would be a White House that listens to its troops on the ground, to its senior officers, to mm-hmm. the, the various people um, operating throughout this region and will be able to dictate policy based on the recommendations uh, of those um, officers, you in know, the know, soldiers. Yes. And, and, um, they're also in the know, but uh, there is a, a disconnect between aspirations of what they see as a utopian mm-hmm. reality uh, and the U.S. interests in the region mm-hmm. to reality on the, ground. on the ground. And there is a disconnect there. Um, this current administration in Washington is woke, as woke as it can get. And this impacted Israel uh, also. Well, yeah, um, so the transition now, hopefully this wokeism will be scaled back mm-hmm. and reality will hit uh, in a way that Israel will be prepared for whatever comes its way. Well, thank you, Jonathan. This is all the time that we have for today. My pleasure. And thank you to all of your viewers and we'll see you next time for another episode of Editor's Note.
Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.